Welcome back to the Lonely Man's Podcast, fastest growing podcast in the world. We don't even keep track of the numbers anymore. We have Bro, no idea. They're just it's because when you have such big numbers, you know, it's just doing numbers all the yeah, time. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah. Numbers are a human construct. We don't even know what numbers are. We're past. We're beyond numbers. You know, we're just in the we're just in the space now. We're esoteric, I believe. My name is Jesse Burlingame. I'm here with Ben Basunga. Small small business owner Ben Basunga. Yeah. Also, what an okie doke this was. Is, is that completely empty? Yeah. Someone cut open the other side. So this open, I open this side, and then there's nothing here in it. Yeah, shout out to OG Brands. <laughs> <laughs> Providing it. Maybe that one was used already? Maybe. Possibly. It's a possibility, but whoever used it just <laughs> did not open the other side. <laughs> they just were like, hey. This is the side that works better. I don't know who would do that. Shout out to OG Brands with their Esco leaves, if they're yeah. still making those. Esco leaf, peaches and cream. Check it out. Shout out to them. Uh, if you are if you followed the podcast months ago, we smoked Ukrainian cream. Shout out to Ukraine. We stand with Ukrainian cream. Yeah, not, not, we don't stand with Ukraine. We stand with Ukrainian cream. They got the OG. You're going with the peaches and cream? There's yeah. the OG. They did not send us the cognac flavored, which I was upset about. Oh, man. Oh. Hit him back up. Be like, we need that cognac. You know, shout out to Ludacris. He's got his own cognac. Does he? Yeah. He, he should. He named it Karma. I think Karma Cognac? I think it's Karma because that's his daughter's name. Interesting. I, yeah. I think yeah, Ludacris has his own cognac and I believe it's named Karma. Which... I wouldn't name a brand after my kids because what if it goes under? <laughs> you just blame them for it. <laughs> if you have... A bunch of if you have kids or when you have kids uh, right. or if you plan on it, uh, who knows, dude? Yeah, who, who knows in this world? But like Jackie Chan was saying that uh, <laughs> I it, like where this is going already. <laughs> Jackie Chan said that his kids, like uh, when he dies, he's not gonna like leave him a bunch of money in his will. Mm-hmm. He's like he's gonna leave them some money, obviously, but he's not gonna leave them like his whole thing because his idea is like if you grew up, my child. Then you had a great upbringing. Like right. you had everything you've ever wanted, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have a nest egg and whatever. And so, if you're not able to like take advantage of that, then why would I give you all my money? Because you're not gonna be able to take advantage of that if you haven't been able to take advantage of like the everything you were already gifted with at birth. Yeah, you're just gonna squander. Yeah, it you're just gonna just gonna be a waste. So mm-hmm. you're gonna get something, but you're not gonna get everything because you've already gotten everything. And if you can't make that work, then this this more money isn't gonna make you feel. And he isn't going to make you any better. What I've heard a lot that? of celebrities say they're going to do that, but you never know how many actually follow through with this. Well, most celebrities, I think, suck. But Jackie Chan does his own stunts, so I feel like this is just this is the <laughs> next he's level. Stunting on his kids, yeah, he's stunting like my daddy for my final stunt. <laughs> I wrote my kids out of the will. Yeah, where did? <laughs> I wonder where the rest of the money goes. He said he's going to donate a bunch of it to a, like a bunch of charities and like a bunch of causes he has designated for it. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I respect that. Mm-hmm. I think more people should do that because the Do Your Own Stunts Foundation. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's for all disabled stuntmen <laughs> broke their necks. And Tom Cruise somehow. Which the <laughs> fact that Tom Cruise has not died doing his own stunts gets me every time I think about it. Yeah, we watched that video of him jumping a motorcycle into the Grand Canyon with a parachute. Yeah, do you think Tom Cruise is gonna make his? Is gonna make his give his kids an Oscar? Is gonna make his kids do their own stunts? Yeah. I think uh, the Church of Scientology is taking all of his money when oh, he does. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess his kids will not be stunting like their daddy. They will not be. Unless they're raising the church. I don't know. 
Well, I think were, what was her name? Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. She's also a weird one. Have you ever seen? Yeah, but she got out of the church. She got out of the church. Yeah. Oh shit. Good for her. I mean, I got out of the church, so I'm with you, Katie Holmes. I stand yeah. with those that have left the church. David Miscavige's wife, we're not so sure about. I don't know if they ever found her. She was missing for a while. What's her name? David Miscavige's wife. I forget her first was name. Was he like a big dude in the church and his wife disappeared and no one said anything about it? He's the leader of happened? the Church of Scientology, yeah. He's the new L. Ron Hubbard. He's the one, he took over and then got them tax-exempt status. That was him. Really? Yeah. Do you know who else has tax exempt status? Mm, Ludicrous? Nah, he's he, he's got tax full <laughs> he's status. Paid in full. Yeah, he's, that's actually uh, what's his name? Fuck, that's Mackay Pfeiffer. Mackay Pfeiffer. He's paid in full. Cameron. Yeah. The other guy. <laughs> no one remembers. I forget his name. Yeah, paid in full. Classic movie, by the way. It's a movie that I've seen. Yeah. Every time you watch the movie, it blows my mind. I'm always mm. like, what? I've seen Pain and Fall. I've seen State Property 1 and 2. <laughs> wow, I've only seen State Property 1. Oh, you never saw the second one with Beanie Siegel? No. Beans? Beanie Siegel. That's a name I haven't heard in forever. Yeah, you kept going, uh, you either get down or lay down. Mm-hmm. And if you lay down, you stay down. Something like that. Yeah, Beanie Siegel. I haven't heard of him since he got beef with Jay-Z. Might have been after that movie. Maybe he wasn't paid for the movie. Maybe he didn't get any points on the back end of... Yeah. Directed DVD movies, <laughs> State Property too. Well, Jay-Z talks about it in one of his tracks. Does he? He's he like, talks about everything. He does. That's what he's like it's that's the thing. If you learn so much about Jay-Z's life just by his lyrics, he's mm-hmm. like he talks about how many billion like millionaires he made in rock. He's like, Yay mil yay made millions. Uh some someone else made millions. Meek made millions. He's like, Beans will tell you if he wasn't in his feelings. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, ooh. <laughs> but Bean, Beans does a, there's a song called Feel It in the Air. Yeah. Ooh, that song's a banger. Does it sample Phil Collins? I feel it in the air. Oh. Uh, I don't It samples something. I don't know if it's Phil Collins, but. No, Phil Collins is, I can, I can feel, feel it coming in the air at night. Yeah. Hold on. Phil Collins. You like my singing voice, dude? Nah, not really, bro. Need, <laughs> good thing we did a lip sync show the other night. Yeah, lip sync champion Jesse Berlin game. Uh, Katie sent me the picture of me squatting down with the with the, the trophy. trophy. Yeah, yeah. The crowd chose, and I just want to say I was very glad they chose you. <laughs> I, in fact, I was egging them on loudly, very loudly to choose. Yeah, I was you. like, did they choose? So we did a show where. Five comics perform, and then the audience chooses which comic they'd like to see lip sync battle the host, which was our uh, friend of the show, both friends of the show, Katie Felton and uh, MK Ultra, Mary <laughs> Mary Catherine Ultra. Yeah, who is who was on the show what last week? Um, no, who was on the show last week? Christy Vera. I thought we had Jason and Mary Catherine on recently. No, that was like two years ago. No, we just had him back on recently. No, we didn't. Jason and Mary, that was Riley and Christy. You're getting all these comedy couples mixed up. Mm. <laughs> really? Yeah, last week's episode, 139, was Christy Vera and uh, Riley Gilmore. Good, good app, which I fucked up on YouTube. I'm sorry to everyone that was waiting for midnight on last night, Sunday, but apparently uh, the upload failed and I didn't catch that. So Yeah. Were you in some cheeks? Was I in some cheeks? Yeah. Is that why I was busy and mm-hmm. didn't, didn't notice it? Yeah. Uh, no, no cheeks this week. Because I'm about to say, I feel like you've been quite cheeky lately. 
Cheeky Jesse. I had a run of like three dates in a couple of weeks, which is like a record for me. So yeah, it may seem like I'm in a wet spell right now. Yeah, I, I feel so. I feel like you're making it rain out here. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that on the Patreon. <laughs> That's a <laughs> top exclusive. Oh, speaking of that. Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash Lonelymans for the inside scoop on my dick. Oh, also... Inside scoop on uh, the Patreon is after that show we Give did. Give that mic a little tilt. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So after that show we did, mm-hmm. I was approached by one of the audience members. Where are you? And, uh, you know, the conversation was casual. But then upon returning home, I mm-hmm. had a new follower on the gram. I believe I did as well. Oh, okay. We might be able to match up. Yeah. But did you follow through? Uh, did you slide into the DMs? I have not slid in the DMs yet, but mm-hmm. I am planning on sliding into the DMs. Were you planning on sliding in the DMs? Uh, no, I was like, I'm not even going to bother with this one. This one's too... <laughs> I, already feel... <laughs> I already feel the rejection. <laughs> let, me, let me see. Let me check. Let's see if it's the same one. Yeah, let's match this up here. Yeah. Um, so this was a few days ago. This one right here? No. No? No, that's a All right. one. All right, then maybe I'll slide on this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, was at, she was at the show on, a, at the, at the, what's it called? Last Stand? At Last Stand Brewing, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a different one. Okay. No, we're both out here in the streets. Because <laughs> that is not the one that hit me up. Yeah, I looked, uh, she, she follows MK, but no one else that I know. Yeah. But, uh... Oh. oh, it's not going to show me her celebrity followers. Did you uh, did you talk to her at the show at all? No, I did not. Okay. And I believe she was with a dude, but who knows what that means nowadays, right? It means absolutely nothing. Who else is she following? She's following Hans Kim, MK, Tony Hinchcliffe, and Joe Rogan. I'm in an elite group of comics right there. Bro. Oh, I remember them now. I remember because obviously they weren't there when I went up. So that's why. They walked in right after I walked off stage. They walked into the side door. I know because I opened it. So I'm not going to take this one personal. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Wait, did she miss your set? Is yeah, that your set? She, they walked in right after my set. Uh, I remember because I thought to myself... Perfect timing. Why is the bad bitch going to come in right when I leave? <laughs> but. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to slide on this. Bro, one. slide. Doesn't, the worst that could happen is she's like, I ain't got a boyfriend. And then at that point, you're like, oh, well. But yeah, I'll show you the one that followed me. Anyways, on the Patreon, we're going to name names and tell stories. Yeah, so. I'll give out the full Instagram handle. This, <laughs> one is, this one's hard to spell. And I'll tell you how, yeah, I'll tell you their names. I'll tell you how I know all of this stuff. So. Yeah, I've never had a, a woman approach me after a show. That's yet to happen. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen you approached. I've been approached, but I've never been like fully accosted, you know? Like, <laughs> is that what you're looking for? I want someone to be like, yo. Yeah. Yeah, this is happening. And I'm like, yeah. Last week, a girl approached me and she was like, hey. And I was like, hey. She's like, what was the name of the comic with glasses? And I was like, god damn it. <laughs> She's like, what's his Instagram? I was like, why aren't you asking for my Instagram? She's like, oh, all right, I'll get your Instagram too. And she's like, no, but he reminds me of my friend and I want to show his comedy to my friend. And I was like, okay, all right. Who's, who's the one with, uh, who's that? 
who was who's the who do you remember who was the one with glasses it was gabe bigford shout out uh, to gabe bigford oh yeah oh he's a handsome fellow. i have his instagram too i made sure i got that early it was uh this girl what's it it was this girl hmm don't i don't remember her being oh oh wait did she come and talk to us before the show yeah, started yeah yeah very nice yeah yeah so that one and then it was confirmed through third-party sources that there is a uh there's a little heat being thrown my way. A little interest? A little interest. Let's so. go. Maybe we could double date with the two chicks from the show. Yo. <laughs> always down for a good dubby, bro. If I if I find a girl, we could go uh we could go little dubbies. Alright. Yeah, we could do some dubbies. I don't know if anyone calls them that, but I white people like to shorten everything. Yeah. So. And I like putting an IES on things. Yeah. Just I I realized we'll that one. We'll go I was dubskies. Like, yeah, I was sitting there at a I was working, I was a... And I heard like these, this couple talking about their dinner, mm-hmm. and then one, and I never forget. He's like, "We should get a rotis chick." <laughs> I was like, "What? A, a what, bro? Did you just shorten rotisserie chicken to a rotis chick?" I was like, "Bro, this is unbelievable. I've never seen anything like that before." Let's get some roti. Oh, you want some rotini? Nah, rotis. <laughs> rotis, dog. <laughs> Rotisnal. <So>, rot. <laughs> yeah, I'm a rotisinal speaker. That's the, that's the name of my D1 athlete son, Rotisnal. Rotisnal. <laughs> Rotisnal Burley game. <laughs> that also sounds like a SSRI, bro. Yeah, bro. Forget Adderall, dog. I'm if you were a loved one, I'm taking Rotisnal. <laughs> Rotisnal, dog. <laughs> you heard about that Rotisnal lawsuit, dog? <laughs> Go crazy on that shit. Yeah, definitely. Dude, there's going to be more weed on my floor. I'm going to have to sweep up and roll, a, roll another blunt. Nah, it's pretty good. It all landed on the petty principles. Mm-hmm. So, how well, are those blunt wraps? You you roll a tight joint, but these, these blunts look a little loose. They do because they. I'm I'm scared. The papers have been there for so long. Yeah, and I don't want to move them too much because then they tear. Right, and so I'm not. They're trying. in these fresh seal packages. Yeah, but they're not like. You're you're uh, breathing on it, so they must be a little dry. Yeah, they're definitely super dry, and I just didn't want to crack them. They're not honestly for as long as they've been there. I'm surprised they're this. Uh, in the game, but last time I tried to roll one, they cracked like halfway through. So I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna roll it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, do the damn thing. Shout out OG Brands. We haven't done uh, an episode with just the boys in a few weeks. I checked five we five six weeks now. Five six weeks before, since it was just us. Yeah. Oh shit. You know, get a, get a little update on the boys every now and again. Oh yeah. So speaking of the boys, the boys, Austin crawls, right? Yeah. So this is the business we started called Austin crawls. The basis of but you, it, you and Caroline from the show. Yeah. Sorry. Caroline, friend of the podcast. She's been on here before. Check out her episode. She's great. Small business owners. Yeah. So the way that me and Caroline met is also a trip mm. because like you had a meeting set up with Caroline originally, right? To kind of go because someone like another comic had worked with her on like doing reels or whatever. Yeah. And so you guys, she's going to talk to me about social media. In regards to like the podcast and such. Yeah. So then, and then I was at I was at the fairgrounds doing a finishing up some work, mm-hmm. and I met this guy just at the bar randomly, and we get to talking. He's like, "Oh, yeah, my fiance, she does a bunch of this stuff, like reels and works with comedians and all that stuff." The next day, you're like, "Yeah, you want to come along?" I was like, "Sure." And that happened to be that guy that I met's fiance was Caroline. Ah. So that's how so we you, met. You met Mr. King. Yeah, she was not a king back then. No. No, she was something different. But now she's a Kang. <laughs> so then we met. 
And I think that first day we met was when we came up with the idea for this. I think you were there. I was there, yeah. Yeah, you were there. And you guys gave me a lot of shit. They're like, I well, drank coffee one day. Yeah, you I drank a cold brew. I don't drink coffee, but I drank <laughs> a cold brew. And I was just like, oh, I was on the walls. And I'm coming up with these business ideas. And everyone's like, bro, what do you do? Somehow we started talking. Uh, well, you were doing the tours at that time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you were like, yo, I could do this myself. I could show people restaurants and bars that they can go to. Well, because I do the tours right. and I know like the margins cause I do the numbers for the tours and I know how much I make as an individual doing them. And I know how much a company makes for doing all these tours. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I was able to see the numbers on the inside and I'm like, I could do this. I'm already doing this. I've never met anyone I work for, for the, the other company. I just contract out. I've never met them. I pretty much do my own thing. Who did you interview with? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> did anyone train you? My buddy, Zach, shout out to Zach. We should get him on the pod. He's great. Yeah. Book him. My buddy Zach got into it and he said, I think you'd be good for it. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, just come through and do one of these tours with me. Just like watch me do it. Yeah. And then I just went through, watched him do it like twice. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I could do this. Yeah. You meet at one side of South Congress and then walk them through uh, bars and restaurants down South Congress. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And then, well, we're actually North Congress. But this one, but, no, but the Austin Crawls, we started South Congress. So, oh wait, you're the company you work for is North Congress. So yeah, the company I work for is North Congress. So to not step on their toes, I went to South Congress. Oh, I thought you were in South Congress the whole time. Well, Austin Crawls is South Congress. No, but I thought your old company. Yeah, yeah. So the old company's North Congress. We're on the other side of the bridge. Ah. So, so yeah, you know, I don't, I, I don't compete. I bring everyone together so you can do both. Now it's a completely different experience. Wow. And so. Yeah, so what we do is anyone who comes to Austin, like you hear about South Congress as a popular part of town, but like if you go to South Congress, it's kind of overwhelming. There's all these places and you're like, what's cool? Where should I hang out with? What's a bar? What's, what should I do here? Right. So now you don't have to think about that anymore. We show you exactly what we do. We show you courtyards that you didn't even know were there. All those murals you see people taking pictures with on Instagram, mm-hmm. they're behind like buildings and dark alleys that you're not trying to go down there's nothing yeah. else there even that the i love you so much mural is right on the corner on congress but i i didn't know it was there until just recently bro i'm saying i've been here two years i'm saying there's that one there's the welcome to hello from texas or love from austin there's the before i die wall there's all these cool right. places that like you see people take pictures with and the like, before i die wall like do you write chalk do you yeah, fill in the, you, okay. you chalk you write it's like a wall that says before i die i want yeah. to and it has all these spaces and you write off of it but, like, if you didn't know where it was, mm-hmm. you would never find that thing. Do you bring chalk on your tour? They have chalk there for you. Ah, yeah, so they did. That's the wall. See, that's the thing. You got to know these things. <laughs> There's all these cool little courtyards with like vines and all sorts of stuff in there that you wouldn't even see because you can't tell that they're there. Yeah, Soho House is over there. I, I accidentally stumbled through their uh, courtyard one day when I was doing an Uber Eats pickup. Some like business was like around the corner, like next to Soho House, and I couldn't find it. So I was like, just like walking around the whole building. Ended up just like, you know, cruising through while people are eating uh, $50 brioche bun sandwiches. Yeah. Or I don't know what they have yeah, at Soho bro, House. Yeah, the Soho House. There's that's also- me trying to make up rich people shit. <laughs> you, you said brioche. You're like, that sounds expensive. Yeah, that's a, I want to say like a, like a poached egg or something. I don't know. What do people get? <laughs> Eggs <laughs> Benny? <laughs> eggs Benny. Bro. $50 Eggs Benny. There Drinking we go. Them, eating them caviars, bro. That's yeah, dude. Eating some escargot. Some belugas. Yeah, you eating at a, some Wagyu beef. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some Kobe beef. You know how it goes. Sure, yeah. Rich people eat that. Fa, uh, foie gras? Foie gras? Foie gras. 
<laughs> it sounds like a Jamaican guy. <laughs> foie gras. Where you going? Pondy foie gras. Pondy foie gras. That also sounds... Somehow it sounds like a slur when you say it. I don't know. Yo, there's that foie gras over there. Pondy foie gras. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what the business is. We had our first official sales that were from friends and family. So that was kind of cool. The way I see it, man, I look at it like anything. is like... If I could sell one ticket, I could sell two. If I could sell two, I could sell four. If I sell four, I could sell a hundred. You know right. what I'm saying? Like it's that means it's clearly possible that it's buying them, and there's somebody that has an interest in buying them. Mm-hmm. So all I have to do is make that easier for them and find more people with interest. It's definitely so that's kind of the thing. But starting a business is it's a lot. Like everyone, everyone's like, oh, you got to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, go out there. I own a business. Like to make it successful. Are, are you an LLC? Did you establish an LLC? We're working on the process. It takes a second. Right. But Texas doesn't require you to start that. So I didn't want that to be uh like a like a, a damper, you know, like, well, we're gonna wait till we start the business to get this LLC going yeah. and then you get an LLC and never do anything. Right. Versus like, fuck it, we started. And then when we get to the point where we're like, oh shit, we're going to need this to create like bank accounts because we have to have money and pay people out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then cool, we get that. But just just doing. That's the thing that we're tr- I'm trying to do now. Just do things and figure out the process. But once you get going and you're already like doing it, then it's like, okay, this is just the next step versus okay. like, well, I'm going to do all these steps and then get started. Mm-hmm. When I do it that way, I never do anything. I just, it's like, it's like ready, aim, aim. Aim, aim. We never fire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you just, just come out shooting. Yeah, you just yeah. Fuck it. Now I'm like, I may be reckless aiming, but now I'm shooting. At least the, at least the ops is on the defensive now. You know, they're like ah, looking out. Bullets are coming. They might not be hitting, but they're going in the right direction. So that's kind of the perspective that we had with it. And now, yeah, man, we've just been a. Uh, so yeah, we're just trying to the websites up. We're getting out on. We finally got on Google, on Yelp. We're getting up on like TripAdvisor. Getting up on all the places. Do five one two, and then we're setting up for a kitchen. Big, your uh, your SEO up. Yeah, right now. Now we got to work on the SEO. I'll like, start googling SEO. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, once you figure out what an SEO is, you, you get that running. Mm-hmm. SEO, CEO, all these letters, bro. I don't know anything. But you're, you're the CEO. Yeah. Well. My business partner, she's a she-he-o. She-he-o. Yeah, she I think that's what they call them these days in a progressive city like Austin. Yeah, girl bosses out. Now they're she-he-os. Mm-hmm. I'm, sure, I'm sure that's a t-shirt already. Yeah, so now officially a business owner. And I'm not going to lie, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, the money will come, so I just want to have... But also the coolest part is like... How many tours have you done so far? For that? Yeah. Just a couple. Like two. We got a request to do like a party of 25. Sick. So we're trying to figure out the details for that. Yeah. And But like, yeah, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, if we can sell one ticket, we can sell 100. You know what I'm saying? If you sell 100, you can sell 1,000. It's like. Yeah, the now you sold like, 25. Yeah. Well, we haven't closed it yet. But oh, okay. Baby steps. You know. I, you got to whale? <laughs> bro, I don't count my chickens before they hatch. That is a valuable lesson I learned from my brother yeah. in his lowest moment in life. Oh, I do that. I'm like, we're working South by Southwest. South by Southwest. Like, South by Southwest. Was I saying it the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> I felt like I was saying wets. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It was close. Uh, I'm like, all right, I got that check. But I don't know when we're actually going to get paid for that. So I need to have some money fucking cooking before and after. Oh, yeah. 
you can't do that. So like my brother was uh, in high school. He was like he wasn't a great athlete. He mm-hmm. he just he wasn't. But he was really good at powerlifting. He had this thing every day. He would eat like three cans of tuna, and then he'd go work out, do this crazy like heavy workout, and he'd just do this every day. That was his thing. But there was this other kid at school that was like he was fucking jacked, like and he was like a. He was, like, on the football team. He dated, like, the cheerleader. Everyone thought he was, like, the coolest kid ever or whatever, right? And him and my brother were in the same weight class for the state powerlifting competition. So, in the state, the way that powerlifting works in high school, you do three lifts, bench press, dead, uh, deadlift, and a squat. Mm-hmm. And they take your, your highest score. So, you have three turns, whatever, the highest weight that you're able to complete the rep, which is, like, going down and coming back up and within the parameters of whatever the judge says. And, uh... And then they take your highest weight and they combine that total. Whoever scores the highest wins. So my brother beat this dude in the squat and he beat him in the bench press. And everyone was shocked. They were like, they thought this dude was the man. He's whatever. This dude's been juicing. He's fucking jacked. Mm -hmm. And my brother's out here eating tuna and just working out for like an hour and a half, like four times a week and just being a monster at this tournament, at the state powerlifting thing. And everyone's shocked. His coach is shocked. Do you know how much he beat him by? What's up? How much did he beat him by? So he beat him by 25 pounds on the squat and 20 pounds on the bench. So mm. he was up by like 45 at this point, but two lifts with one lift left to go. So he had a game plan for his last lift. But because my brother wasn't like, no one cared about my brother. So like his, even the coach, he wasn't like paying attention. He was paying attention to this other kid who was supposed to be the shit that everyone thought was going to win. Mm-hmm. So my brother... He gets into his last deadlift. So the way that you set it is you want to set a base weight with your first weight. Like just a, like let's say your, your max that you're trying to go for is like 405 on the deadlift or whatever. So your first weight you're going to get like 375 just to make sure you get at least a baseline, right? Mm-hmm. So that way you get at least 375 points. Then the next one you're going to get up to, um, then you want to go to like maybe like 395 or whatever. Try to get that up and then try 405 on your last one. It's kind of like the way the process works. So we kind of did this. Um, and he was going to, and he was set to, so, and he goes up on the last one, and no one tells him, and he goes up there without his weight belt, mm. doing a deadlift. When mm. you deadlift, you have to lock your back out, and it's yeah. very hard when you got four, four, whatever, 100 pounds without the belt, and his coach didn't tell him he had a belt, no one didn't tell him he had a belt on, so he doesn't get this last deadlift, and this kid saw it, so my brother's last deadlift was like, it was like 370 or something like that. And this kid was only going to go for, I think he was only going to do like 405 on his deadlift. But the way that the numbers ended up, he went up and he was able to do like 410. Mm-hmm. But he added extra weight because he was just going to, he was already just playing for second. Because if my brother gets this weight, he's not even close even if he gets that. But because my brother didn't get the weight, the kid saw that, they got hyped up and he got that weight up and he ended up beating my brother by five points. Wow. So this out. Outside of funerals, I have never seen my brother cry. Damn. But my brother bawled. I just remember he bawled. He 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 won second place in state lifting power competition. He didn't even we left. My brother just went to the car and cried. We didn't even stay for the medal ceremony, nothing. Me and my mom just drove my brother home and he just cried the whole car ride. But by the time we got home, I was like, all right. And then that night, we went to a party. I remember we went to this gigantic party the school was having, and that kid was there talking shit to my brother. 
Man. Damn, he's a sore winner. Yeah, bro. My, like, but here's the fucked up part. He knew in his heart, heart of heart what happened. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, everyone who was there knows what happened. But you go to school with 2,600 kids, who's actually there? Who knows what happens? You know what I'm saying? Like, they just saw that this kid was a state champ like they thought he was going to yeah. be. And so, but your brother never talked shit to him, right? No. So then my, and then my brother, they got into a fight. And my brother, like, broke his hand on this kid's face. <laughs> you know, my brother was savage. I once watched him catch a kid's hand and knock him the fuck out. He was, because he's like 5'7". But, yeah. like, you imagine you putting up these numbers. He probably weighed about the same as I do. And I'm, like, five inches taller than him. Mm. And he was just jacked. Like, he was strong as fuck. And that night he got into a fight they had with that kid. They had to be broken up and shit. But, man, I learned that lesson Never celebrate too early because he was so excited about winning. He was already planning everything and he was celebrating. And then, boom, just like that, it was an L. Just mm-hmm. he snatched the win out of his own hands. Ever since then, I learned a very valuable lesson. You never celebrate early, bro. You just wait till the scoreboard says zero. Wait till the money is in the account. Wait till your dick is in the pussy. You never celebrate too <laughs> early, dog. That's <laughs> that's it's a. It's a the root for failure yeah i've learned to just uh just silently do the work and then let the results speak for themselves because every time i get too hyped up on something i start talking about it i talk about it too much yeah my brother ever since then my brother picked up a quote that same one he always said don't he always said don't anytime i tell him my ideas he's like don't talk about it. Be about it. Don't tell me about it. Show me about it. Right. And that's all he would ever say anytime I told him anything to the point where I was like, I hate this guy. But now <laughs> looking back, I'm like, that motherfucker. I spent too much time talking about shit. Never did shit. And I think he learned yeah, that lesson. You can waste a lot of time telling people what you're going to do, what you're planning to do. If you don't follow through. It looks doesn't look good. Nah. See, that's why I always try to be like, my biggest thing is like, always try to do what I say. I feel like that's that's like my one that's probably I'd say is like my second biggest value in life. Mm-hmm. If I could if I could put my life into one word it'd be like freedom would be number one. But two, this the idea of just like doing what you say you're gonna do. You say you just gotta say it once and it's just gotta be yourself. You don't have to talk about it all the time. Like unless you're like in the process of doing it and people are talking shit and you're like Dave Chappelle, like, I'm gonna be famous because <laughs> they care you at the club, but like you ain't gotta talk about it, just do it. I love that story. He bombs. He's like, fuck y'all. I'm going to be famous. <laughs> <clears throat> That's how I feel anytime I bomb. For yeah. me right now, anytime I bomb, I'm like, fuck y'all. I'm going to be famous, but I'm st- maybe I'll be famous. Who knows? But I'm still a monster. Oh, yeah. We were talking about that show. So I didn't bomb. The crowd decided I had to perform. So I lip synced Kiss of Life by Sade, <laughs> which I think only you and Anthony Knight do. <coughs> The only black guy in the room. <laughs> it was funny. Just it was so funny watching you too. I I saw some of the footage. I was like, damn. Even when I'm lip syncing, I have like no emotion and no like I barely move. I'm, like very stiff, like doing these like dance moves and shit. I just pulled like I put the mic on stage, just to like have something in front of me, like a barrier for my mouth. Maybe if I forgot the words, but I actually know all the words of that song. No, oh. see, well, that's because the thing is, like, even on your comedy, like you. I think you you carry the mic in your hand, but you don't really move. I think you, you your feet are usually you, you might be doing. Yeah, like my a, arm is pretty locked in. You might, yeah, you might do like a hand motion, but your feet are pretty on point. Like if we put feet markers, like I don't think your feet yeah. your feet would notice that they're stuck. I like rock back and forth a lot though. Yeah, I do that. Like I'll st- I'll s- 
step forward, say the punchline, and then take a step back as it's like getting a laugh. But like, I'll catch myself doing that. I'm like, I just did that like three or four times in a row. It looks very like weird. No, that's the thing. It doesn't though. I think yeah. if you let yourself move naturally, however you move. Mm-hmm. It shows comfortability. Mm. The problem is, like, when you're thinking about moving or trying to do something, yeah. then it looks uncomfortable or awkward because you're thinking about it. But, like, some people are naturally active people. They just walk, they pace, they move. It mm. feels like they're comfortable up there with that. And I, th- I used to think that there was, like, something wrong because I used to, like, I, I fiddle with the mic stand. I lean on the mic stand. I lean back. But I realized, like, when I do that, it's not like a thing of it's it's because I'm comfortable. It's not because I'm like uncomfortable like fidgeting. It's just like, oh, I'm just hanging out here. And I don't think it's ever like hampered the audience for like liking my set or like my material. I've never mm-hmm. noticed someone being like, Oh, that joke was funny, but the mic stand did it for me, you know? Like I was only distracted one time, I forget where we were, but you were rolling you were holding the, the top of the mic stand and then rolling the bass back and forth across the stage. And that distracted me so much. Oh, man, that's... (laughs) No idea what you were talking about. Yeah, well, I was probably talking about some bullshit if I'm doing that. One time you were uh, shifting the car with the mic stand. (laughs) Classic go-to move. I'll definitely definitely be using it as gear shifter. I'll definitely do a uh, lean sometimes, depending. Yeah, I don't know, man. The thing is, I'm not even thinking about it. Mm. Like, if I do it... It happens subconsciously for sure. Like I'm not like, oh yeah, let me let me get on this mic stand. But I'd rather do that than sit down. I hate when people sit down when you're you're doing a ten minute set, bro. You're not gonna be if you're doing like forty five minutes or you're headlining, cool. It's your show. Sit the fuck down. But you're doing a ten minute showcase, bro. You can stand up. Yeah, stand up. Yeah. Like yeah, you're not you're not over here. So I don't mind the sitting down. But if people do it at an open mic, I'm like, bro, there's four people here. Mm-hmm. Like really, that's what you're gonna do. Also, I'm good on that. I hate when I'm gonna lo- be so high when I go to Kill Tony. I'm that's recording this on a Monday. That's like three hours. You're gonna be good. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, it's weed. It wears off. Usually, I do a whole uh, routine of recording this on Monday because I'm out of town uh, tomorrow. Maybe the next day. But uh, yeah, tell the people what tell the people what's happening. What, what trip are you taking? I'll, I'll let them know on the Patreon. Oh, the Patreon, <laughs> okay. The Patreon tells the true story. You want to know where I'm going? Hit Patreon.com/slash/LonelyMans. Yeah, you'll find out the truth about this. Buy the uh, Ben Basunga N-word package we have on there. He'll defend your use of the N-word with one tweet. Ben will send out one tweet on your on your yeah. behalf. Yeah, one tweet. You get you get one N-bomb forgiven. One tweet, and I I can't tell you how I do it. That's top secret. But yeah. I will save you. That's that's why it costs so much because it is 100% guaranteed to be effective. Mm-hmm. If the tweet doesn't work, that's on you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not on Ben Yeah, if the tweet worked, that means you didn't shut the you didn't t- follow my advice. You follow <laughs> my advice and shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, you're going to offer advice too? What, bro, this is, I'm telling you, it's a full defense package against the <laughs> N-word. That's why it costs so much. <laughs> my advice, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Honestly, that's like the best advice in life is to shut the fuck up. We're if, you get, about, if you get canceled, yeah, shut the fuck up. Get off. It's like just get off social media for two weeks. Not, even, over. not just there. Like we were just talking about like, oh, talk people that talk about shit and never do it. Mm. Shut the fuck up and just do it. Like, bro, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Just general life advice. Yeah. The best life advice, somebody just shut the fuck up. Bro. Like, I, yeah. Because like you see someone like, for example, like you take in like a two people, right? Two people have a set. Mm hmm. One person goes up there, and they let's say they do exactly the same in terms of like the quality of their set, the overall laughs, whatever. 
But one person goes up there, comes off the, like, goes up there, and he's like, oh, I'm going to murder, I'm going to kill. And then it comes off, oh, I fucking kill them. It's going to be like, all right, dude, calm the fuck down. Mm-hmm. One person goes up there, just does their thing, doesn't say anything. And was like, oh, yeah, he's a good comic, man. He had to get sad. And he comes off the stage, and all of a sudden, the perception of what you did changes completely based off of just your demeanor on and off the stage. Right. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> it's great life advice. <laughs> oh, I never, I never say I'm about to kill when I do anything. Every time I talk shit, I always fuck up. I've noticed that throughout my whole life. Do you ever? How do you? But like, what's your mentality before you go on stage? Like, do you think you're about to kill? Do you think you're gonna do well? Like, what are you thinking about before? Uh, I never think I'm gonna bomb. What's up? I just get the idea of bombing out of my head. I'm like, oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. I think the last thing I say before I go on stage to myself is always like, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of like let go and just be loose. Just, just. It doesn't matter how many people are in the audience. I'm like, if there's more people, it's usually better. Yeah, more people is way better. Yeah. Like, honestly. When it's less people, that's when I'm like, this might be rough. Yeah, when it's less people, I have to get myself out of that mindset right there. That's, the, that's when I use the Chris Tab method. Chris, you just talk to the people. No, Chris Tab, same energy oh, to right. an audience of a hundred people or an audience of two people. He is giving you the same energy, the same quality show, regardless of the audience. Yeah, you can't blame the audience for being there. No, exactly. A few of them, like they're the cool ones. They actually showed up. Yeah, and you can't punish them for being there. Yeah, it's like, oh, you showed up, so now I'm going to give you a shitty show because no one else did. Yeah, like that's. That's fucked up. It sucks. Yeah. And then they're going to remember that. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing about it is also you have an opportunity now to make two fans. Right? Like this is mu- your job has much has gotten much more simplified. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about a whole audience, crowd, whatever. You're just like these are the two people that are here. This is who this show is for. You know your audience a lot better. So it kind of puts you in an advantage in that sense. But you definitely have to go about your set differently, I would say. Because you can't, like, just go, just hop into your material like you're doing a regular show anymore. You just, it's not. And and you have to kind of adjust for that. But mm. Yeah, it's when you can start talking to people. Or do some riffs. Do some room riffing. I do like to do that, but I don't like to make it, like, then become the, the center of the show. Mm-hmm. Because especially if there's more comics on the show, then everyone's going to do that. Right. And if you come up later, then everyone's already kind of talked about that. So Brian Lowacki <coughs> calls it uh, licking all the donuts oh, when you're doing crowd work. If you talk to everyone for like one minute, you're wasting the whole audience for the rest of the, the comics or the headliner. So it's like if you're going to talk to somebody, talk to them for as long as you possibly can. And if that doesn't work, go back to your material, I guess. Yeah. Instead of being like, where are you from? Oh, cool. How about you? All right, what do you do? <laughs> well, because I feel like now, too, specifically, like, in this day and age, mm. we've kind of reached this point where, with the success of, like, reels being all crowd work, now most of the time, people are just now trying to do crowd work. People that have no business doing crowd work. Also, if you're at an open mic with comics, don't do crowd work to comics, man. That's not going to make you better at crowd work. Mm-hmm. That's just you fucking with comics. I saw Colin Tyrrell. I think it was him that did this. He was talking to somebody. He's like, don't worry. I'm not going to put you on Instagram. <laughs> Who said that? I think it was Colin Tyrrell. Colin Tyrell. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Irish comedian from New York. Yeah. Um, but yeah. he did put him on Instagram. You motherfucker. <laughs> right. But yeah. That's but, uh, every, everyone thinks every comic's going to do that now. Yeah. People and- give like fake stories and answers and shit. 
Yeah, I I just I hate it. Yeah, because it just it's it, it. I don't know, man. It's not fun to me. I guess at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like why else do I do comedy if I'm not going to enjoy what I'm doing and having people now who are it's like, it's like when you have a little kid and he notices every time he says like a swear word, people laugh. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden he's just saying the swear word all the time, you know, because he's trying to he's just doing the bit, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the thing. And that's how people in the audience just treat like now they know, like if they say something crazy, someone's recording it and they're like, oh, where's the camera? Let me put up, you know, mm-hmm. it just it all. It feels cheap. You were at uh, I think it was you and I saw Jessica Kirsten mm-hmm. a year or two ago. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And she was talking to this couple in the front row. Right. And they start telling her that yeah there are a couple there together but also their siblings i think did they say they were blood siblings i something i don't remember some something weird like that yeah they like tell her this whole story about how they're uh i don't think it was step siblings i think they said they were blood relatives and they're hooking up and uh their family doesn't know about it and they're going to tell them it like thanksgiving or something like that something some like everyone was like holy shit and yeah. just Jessica Kirsten Pro was making all these jokes about it, going going right. in, like got everything she could out of that couple. And it was like the wildest part of the night. And then uh one of the servers comes up and was like, Oh yeah, like I, I know that couple. I'm like, yo, the brother, sister, you know them? He's like, Oh yeah, they're they're comics from my hometown. Uh they're in town visiting. He's like, they're not really uh stepbrother <laughs> and stepsisters, they're just or brother and sister are just doing a bit. Yeah. And I was like, that sucks so much. Right. I remember you telling me that. I yeah. remember you told me that afterwards. And I was like, fuck. Yeah, that's like the worst thing. I was like, that sucks. Right. I was like, I was like, tell, I was like, tell Jessica Kirsten like later, let her know. So she doesn't like put it online or something, put this fucking fake bit online. But yeah, that's, but that's, that's whack of them as <laughs> comics too to do that. It's super whack. I've seen other comics do it at other shows, though. Mm-hmm. Like, someone will do crowd work and some comic will, like, yell something and then they'll be like, oh, make stuff up. And I see him doing comedy, like, a couple days later, like, an open mic and shit. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. There was an open micer in the front row of uh, Column Tyrell. He's, like, right on the side of the stage. And uh, he's like, what do you do? He's like, oh, I play poker for a living. He's like, that's your job, playing poker? He's like, yeah. He's like, online or in person? He's like, in person. He's like, oh, cool. He's like, I'm a comic, too. And he's like, oh, all right. He's like, well, I just started doing open mics. He's actually nice to him. He's like, oh, all right, that's cool, man. He's like, but now you see what it's like really like. He's like, whatever you think like the top is in comedy, he's like, I'm one of the one top 1% comics in the world. <laughs> like he's a head touring headlining comedian. Right. And he's like, and I'm here with this shitty audience. <laughs> like the audience sucked. They were like super uptight and just like nodded. Or they were like doing dumb heckles and stuff. He's like, this is as good as it gets. It's still not going well. <laughs> That's the craziest thing about comedy. Yeah. Is like. He was on the Tonight Show recently. He's yeah. like, and no one here that saw it. Bro, we had Angelina on the podcast like two weeks ago. Yeah, Angelina Martin. And Angelina Martin. We didn't even talk about the fact that she just had a Comedy Central like taping here in Austin. Oh, really? Yeah, and I just I saw the videos with Comedy Central featured out here. Yeah, and it well, wasn't she, even... she doesn't say shit. She shuts the fuck but up. But that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> and it's dope. But I'm saying like, and we're still here doing this. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's like she's it's... on our podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which means our podcast is great. There's a story that Brian Regan did a corporate gig, and uh, he's probably getting paid at least. Hundred thousand dollars, like it's a six-figure gig for him, right. and uh, 
afterwards he's talking to like one of the business guys and they're like oh so like uh what do you really do for a living <laughs> he's like this is what i do <laughs> <laughs> brian regan like netflix owns his own tour bus sells out theaters in every city in the country and some guy's like, no, but like, so what do you really do? <laughs> you can't possibly make enough to live what's, on. What's your day job? Do you know what I got paid to do this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, did he ever say what he like responded to the guy with? Um, I, th- I think he probably just said like, oh, like this is, this is my <laughs> oh, job. <something> like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. And that's cool if he was a dick to him. He's like, yo, you want to see the check? <laughs> yeah. Bro. How much do you make a year? I probably make more than you. <laughs> I got paid your salary to be here right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the dr- so. If you could choose, would you rather be like a corporate comic making bank, or like a how about cruise ship comic? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure, cruise ship comic. Yeah, making bank. Yeah, or like making a fraction of that to be like a just on the road. Yeah, to be like, but like uh, to have like a Netflix special and like be doing like around the states, but getting paid a fraction of that. Mm. Yeah. Now, if you have a Netflix, you probably are getting paid a fraction. Yeah. Well, yeah. Monique's on Netflix, so you can't be making that much. <laughs> I wonder what her corporate fee is, though. Yeah. Right. But that's actually, like, who's booking Monique for a corporate gig? I don't uh, know. BET. <laughs> yeah. No. BET Christmas party. I don't know, man. She's. I mean, her story's crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure someone's booking her. Yeah. Like, I think that's I think that's kind of what those corporate speeches are. They're like, "Hey, yeah, come listen to this person." Well, like, this I guess crazy. cruise ships can go all right. Sometimes most corporates go, uh, not good, not well. Cruise ship is just like a lot of the comics now. Like looking back, because when I was working on cruise ships, mm-hmm. I hadn't I'd done a couple of open mics, but I I probably for like a month or two beforehand, mm-hmm. but I hadn't really like done like any shows or gigs yet yeah but i used to like watch all the comics and i was like oh the only thing about like cruise ship comedy is it's all hacky like i could do 45 minutes on a cruise ship mm-hmm. half of it 30 minutes would be making fun of the cruise right all fat americans they all do the same jokes about all the food <laughs> and the americans and their the people folding stuff and the ship yeah. captain and they all tell the same kind of hacky stories about being on a ship. It's like the cruise ship ver- version of local humor. Exactly. Like <laughs> it's like being a New York comic just talking about the te- about the train. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you're like, "Oh, I took the train to Brooklyn." Like only people in New York get that. You come mm. to fucking Mississippi, they're going to be like, "We don't care what the yeah. fuck is hard." If I was on a ship, I would probably have a solid 15 minutes on the cruise ship. <laughs> yeah, you would because it's so easy and then you just do crowd work and make fun of the people. I'd make up the time. Yeah. Like it'd be no problem for me to do 45 minutes on a cruise ship. I I have no doubt. Mm-hmm. But like to be to leave to hit up uh Corey Rodriguez and uh who's the dude from Worcester? I can't think of his name. Uh da, ba, da, da, da. <laughs> Tom Dwyer? No, black dude. Orlando Baxter. Orlando. Yeah. Yeah, they someone said they were making cruise ships cool for a little while before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, I remember Corey saying he was going on a couple it's of It's probably just because they were scamming on hella hoes on the cruise ship. Bro, you, you can't. I, I will say one of the guys that went up there, some of the dudes, there were a couple of dudes that were super just talented. Like, mm-hmm. one dude, he could, like, sing. One dude could fucking dance. Like, he was fucking Michael Jackson in yeah. that bitch, bro. Like, some of them were pretty... Like, the Lloyd Legacy Sharp type shit? Bro, Lloyd Legacy Sharp wishes he could dance as good as this dude. <laughs> this dude, I'm talking, like professional dancer quality like yeah. straight up like 
when like, like a cruise ship quality comedy yeah exactly <laughs> because he's not really it's it's not even a he wasn't really even comedy it was more just like an act yeah you know like some people just had like a show it was almost like it was a lot like comedy telling stories or whatever but there's like singing and dancing or whatever doing mm-hmm. crowd work and there's like little bits played into a lot it of magicians too. on the cruise ships uh they did have magicians on there as well hypnotists Yes, a couple hypnotists as well. Hypnot- I like a good comedy hypnotist. Yeah, you could on the cruise ships though. The comedy hypnotist kills because yeah. you get like a bunch of the people out there and they're all a little buzzed up, and you find the one person and they get them doing wild yeah. shit. Yeah, I saw one guy at the uh, the Wuhaha. I think he was only doing his PG thirteen set, but he has an R rated set Ooh, as well. Let's see some titties. But he's his SEO is crazy, and uh, his Facebook ads and shit. He just like sells out clubs around the country with Facebook. Really? It's mm-hmm. SE- yeah, you got to get that SEO game. I'll have to reach out and be like, hey, what's up with that SEO, dog? Yep. Throw it on my Austin Crawls. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think I would do a couple of cruise ships, anything just to see it. But more so to go back and be like, I would do 10 minutes of getting fired from a cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm back, bitches. I'd be holding my dick to that. <laughs> that would be that would be my reasoning for going Oh, back. yeah, for drinking. You're like, now that. <laughs> yeah. You got free drinks on stage? Yeah, exactly. But hey, bring me a drink real quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell this story. Yeah, yeah. Ten years ago. Dang, is it ten years? No, it's not ten years. It's been... I met you in 2017. I think you had just got off I the I had show. just gotten, yeah. So it's actually, yeah, it's it would have been six years of this month. Because mm-hmm. I got fired right a week before my 27th birthday. Mm. And I just turned 33. So... Yeah, we're from 27 to 33. 27 was a rough year. I thought I might go out in the 27 club that year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I was doing at 27 years old. Oh, my God. I, yeah, I'd been... What I, year was that? I've 2017. 20, uh, 25th. I would have turned 27 at the end of 2014, so 2015. I barely remember that year, dude. I don't know what I was doing. <sighs> What was that? 2015. I remember 2015 very yeah. well. We like to reminisce about years on this podcast. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of reminiscing. 2015. It's a complete blur for me. Oh, I lost a friend in 2015. I've probably talked about that before. Oh, <laughs> He's not dead, but I'm dead to him. So. <laughs> you know? RIP to me. 2015, I did lose one of my best. I, I did lose my best friend. He's yeah. still alive, but we didn't talk for five years after that mm-hmm. but i was living in downtown denver this has been eight years now and he still hasn't talked to me so oh shit well actually we worked together so we'd see each other at the lunch table once in a while but still not talk we just couldn't like be friends yeah yeah no it's so hard man like it's hard to go back to a friendship like mm-hmm. that like me and my friend- we were friends for like eight months too oh. but we were like hardcore friends we're like I just met my best friend. What's up, dog? <laughs> and hung yeah. out all the time. Man. It's over a chick. Yeah, of course. That's how it always happens. It's always over a chick. Me and him had known each other since seventh grade. Mm-hmm. So that was probably like, what, 2002, 2003, somewhere around there. And like, we just, you know, when you, like, when you meet that and you're like, yeah, that's my boy. Mm-hmm. We were like that for, I don't know, the next... 12 years we were we lived together we shared a room at his parents house for a time like there was a time for probably like when i was probably after i graduated college for like six or seven months i don't think outside of us like going one of us going to work there was a time we weren't hanging out like mm-hmm. with each other like all day every moment of every day kind of thing for like almost for a while we were like that and then you just go from that to just not talking for f- the craziest part was like, even after we had our falling out 
and like got into a fight and stopped talking, he still helped me move. He brought his dad's truck. He got his dad's truck. We carried his stuff over. He helped me with everything. Like we were still like that type of friend. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like he's like he was like my brother. Like you can't even like when we were fighting, we'd still be like, bro, shut the fuck up. I don't want to talk to you right now, bro. I'll fuck you up right now. And then we'd still just hang out with each other and just not talk. Like we were that close, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Now, now it's just you can't go back to that. Like once that. It's like you got a like a glass or ceramic object, and this thing is beautiful. It's amazing, and then you drop it, and like maybe it only cracks in three pieces or whatever, and it's solid, and you can fucking glue, and somebody can put it together, but it's not the same anymore. Like mm-hmm. those, that fracture is there. The fissure's been created, and it's always just, and yeah, it's it's hard. You can't make anything go back to what it was, and I don't know, man. I think you ever, you ever. Th- I feel like that's that was probably like the best like I feel like whoever you meet is on a specific wavelength, right? Like mm. every human is on whatever wavelength frequency they're tuning into and everyone is whatever. But the people you fuck with the most are like not necessarily that you like the same things or anything, but you guys just vibrate in terms of like the way that you guys see things and like attitudes behaviors and things that you guys like things that make whatever yeah the closer that you guys are in terms of that then like the better you guys get along you guys are like on the same level for a lot of things i would say probably he was like the closest i've ever been to someone that i always felt like we were just like we like things just didn't need to be said because we thought the same you know what i'm saying like and it was just always like that like it was like that from the jump Mm -hmm. and i don't think i've ever I don't know. I've met people like that, but that one was probably the most intense because it, it was so long and it was just so much time invested, like right. years of life invested, years of like going through breakups and going through like playing on the same sports teams and traveling together and fighting together and drinking together and mean girls and experiencing like everything, like going through a whole process of life in all sorts of different ways. And then just one day it's like, Boom. And all it took was one girl. That's how powerful women are, bro. Mm-hmm. They they really are. That shit is that's the craziest part of it is that's all it took. Just one girl and <laughs> twelve years of everything just blown up. <laughs> you think as you get older that's not gonna happen to you anymore, but still well, mid twenties isn't like too old, so like And this kid was how old was he? He was like twenty one. 22 so he was like yeah he was like five years younger than me so like i don't know I, I felt like i was older and i was like dog don't get mad over a chick and he's like no if you do this we can't be friends anymore <laughs> he's stuck there. he's a man of his word dude <laughs> dang if he yeah he, he talks about it he does it yeah <laughs> i respected him for that <laughs> yeah you play like you said yeah i was like yeah i get it dude he told me straight up, he's like, if you do this, we can't be friends. And I did it. And he's just like, I told, he's like, did you fuck her? I was like, yeah. And he's like, all right, we can't be friends. And that was it. He's <laughs> like, that simple. And I was like, fuck. But also. And then he dated that girl for eight months and moved her into his apartment. Afterwards? Yeah. Oh, shit. And then when his lease was up, he's like, hey, you got to go. <laughs> you, she had to move back to her mom's house. You lost a friend over a girl that you didn't even want to kick it with. No, and then afterwards, I I. I think I was kind of like, huh? Can we be friends now? I was like, no. <laughs> friends? Friends, friends? And she hollered at me like immediately after. I was like, oh, you guys broke up, huh? And she was like, fuck you. And I was like, 
Am I right or am I wrong? <laughs> the fucking savagery. Mm-hmm. The homie hoppers. She's like, hey, what are you doing on New Year's? And I was like, what? <laughs> Not you, if I'm lucky. Yeah. Where are we at? I think we're almost at the time here. Yeah, probably. Start wrapping up. Yeah. Nah, bruh. Raw dog for life. Patreon.com slash lonelymans. Oh, yeah, that's where we raw dog the episode is on the Patreon. We'll, uh, we'll get into some things, some stories. Yeah, we'll tell the, we'll, we'll lay down the facts of what we just, uh, we'll, we'll name some names on what, what we got into. Mm-hmm. All hey. right, we'll call it. Peace, y'all. Peace.